I'm tired of hollow-sounding words And I'm tired of empty promise Won't someone sing a simple song of Jesus' love? that. Thank you. We need more. I, I will have to talk to my son and see what happens. Beautiful, isn't it? Tell me the story of Jesus. Let's give the man. And tell me the story 
about his love. If it, if it weren't for the love of Jesus, I don't think we'll be here this morning. Oh, not yet afternoon. I don't think we'll all be here. And thank God for his love. Let's open our Bibles to the first epistle of Paul to the Thessalonians. First epistle of Paul to the Thessalonians. Chapter 1, first 10 verses. Paul and Silvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers. Constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved by God, his choice of you. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Greece. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Greece, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Amen. May God bless his word. We have been looking at a few uh, videos about the second coming of our Lord or his return. And uh, our hearts have been really longing to hear that trumpet sound. Are you with me with that? Amen. Christians, I can't tell you how much I want the Lord to come. And if there's some young people say, well, wait, Edel, I want to get engaged. I want to get married. And it'll be better up there. Trust me on that. It'll be better. I hope he will come. And since our hearts are excited, I hope your hearts are excited like mine, I thought of bringing to your attention few things about waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to share with you three points. There are many. You said three points only about the characteristics of Christians expecting the Lord's return. 
what are the characteristics of the Christians, I, the believers, expecting the return of our Savior. And I want to speak first. We should live an exemplary life. Not a so-so life. If you're expecting the Lord to come, you want him to find you in the best of shapes, don't you? And this is what I want to talk about the first point today. Simply put, we must live and act as an example to others. I always speak in, in simple words. Simply put, we need to be examples. You're waiting for the Lord? May God help us. Someone said, the best, the best sermon is a holy life. Do you believe that, church? What we are, what are we? The Bible says we are ambassadors for Christ. What we are is far more important than anything we ever say. We must not forget that we are representative of our Lord. St. Augustine takes it a little bit further. And he says, if I want to be representative of Jesus Christ, he should, he should be all in all in me. Christ must be all. And I hope that we can all say that. Christ must be all. I must have a whole, he says, Christ for my salvation. Not a part of Christ, a whole Christ for my salvation. I must have a whole Bible for my staff. And I must have a whole church for my fellowship. And must have a whole world for my parish. Quite exciting to hear that. We have to be a model, if you will, please. You're waiting for the Lord. We want him to find us awake and waiting. A model for Christianity. So people can imitate us. As Paul says, you became imitators in verse 6. You also became imitators of us. The Lord said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of earth. And we should be. And we should strive to be the excellent Christians that God expects us to be. Books and lessons and sermons and reason may have their place. But the real test is the lives of God's people. The real test is your life and mine. And that's what we are up against. If people don't see it, then everything else is just pure talk. Living an example. And as Christians, we must also live the truth. And then let the world judge. We should embody the truth. Sad to say, the truth is missing in action, MIA nowadays. 
You don't know whether people are saying the truth or not. And sad to say, some Christians, you have to question whether they're telling you the truth. How can we draw people to us? How can we be that example if people do not look at us and say they are truthful people? What they say is right. And should, people should be drawn to us by the right and the good life they see in our continual example. Recently, I read about an incident that occurred when a man was working in a shoe store in Nova Scotia. The man said that he noticed a barefoot little boy outside the baker's shop next door to the shoe store. The boy was trying to keep himself warm so uh, on the hot air register coming from underground outside the bakery, the man watching was uncertain about what to do about the little boy until he saw a young lady approaches the boy. She spoke to him. He couldn't understand because he was inside. They were outside. She spoke to the child, and then she took him by the hand and walked him inside the shoe store, and she purchased for him socks and shoes. The child asked the lady, are you God's wife? <laughs> she replied, I'm just one of his children. Well, he said, he looked at her. I knew you must be some relative of him. <laughs> he thanked her with tears. Said, now I can be warm. I think she displayed Christianity in a true fashion, don't you? Let's live an example. You're waiting for the Lord? Let's not lose time. Let's win the world by being the true example of true Christians. Amen? Amen, Amen to that. Another point I have for you. If we are really waiting for his return, there should be a characteristic, another one, in our life. And there should be not be any room for idols in our lives. I'm going to meddle a little bit, as Bill says. I'm going to meddle in your lives this morning. <clears throat> you can fire me next af after that. No room for idols. I went to Webster. I wanted, I wanted to explain idols. We always know what idols and and. What is an idol? And Webster says, gives five explanations. An image or other material object representing a deity and worshiped as such. Two, he says, in the Bible, it's in the dictionary, the new one. In the Bible, a deity other than God. A person or thing devotedly or excessively admired. And then a Worship to a visible but uh, image, but without substance. 
a false notion, finally a fallacy. The children of Israel, you remember, early when they were with Moses and waiting for him to come from the mountain. We studied about that. And they couldn't wait any further. They made themselves a molten image, right? And Moses seems at that time he took care of it. But you know what? If you read in the history of the kings later on, of many hundreds of years, that they were still worshiping idols. The children of Israel, they were still worshiping idols, images, the brass serpent. And they forgot that God said, you shall have no other God before me. Church, the call today as waiting children for the Lord to return, the call today is to consecrate ourselves. Consecration is separation. And when I, when I utter the word separation, many people tremble. Oh, would you want me to separate from this word? Separate yourself from sin. We cannot separate ourselves from the world. We work in the world. We live in the world. We shop in the world. We do business in the world. But separate yourself from sin. Stay away from sin. Is it a habit? Do we have idols? Is it a habit? That is taking us by the throat and moving us? Is it a sport? Do you know people can, can, can have their sports like idols? Do you agree with that? I read once uh, about people going to the Raiders game, and I, ha I know we have some Raiders uh, uh, people, okay? They say, we live, we eat, we drink, we, 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 we sleep Raiders. They have idols. People have idols, other idols, cars. Lust. Love of money. Greed. Love of clothes. I met one guy early in my life. I don't know whether you agree with me or not. This guy worshipped himself. Every time he moved, he moved. So one day, we were at the YMCA. I went to YMCA. I wanted to work out. I worked out on the bike. That was long, long ago when I was young, okay? And this guy is about 25 years old, and he was standing in front of the mirror. I looked, I said, what is he doing? <laughs> and he looked at me back, he said, Adol, and I'm sorry, if, if he blows on me, I'll be gone with the wind. <laughs> I said, Adol, what do you think? I said, oh, great, what can I say? <laughs> I said, great. And his, his neck comes up like this big. <laughs> what do you think of this guy? So many people. They idolize themselves. I still remember that. After growing old, I still remember this guy. I remember how people live. Some people idolize a house. Do we have idols in our lives? 
a car. A trip you've been dreaming of, you are, it's, yes, I'm, when I retire. Church, whatever idols we have, we should throw them out and look to God, for he is the only one who can fulfill your dreams. No room for idols. An idol is a sin, isn't it? And how can Christians like us, expecting the Lord to come back and be involved in sin? And today our society have exchanged the word sin into other, they name it in a different name. I don't know whether you are in the, especially in the marketplace. Uh, Sad to say that we often justify this sin I'm talking about by either ignoring it or calling it a different name. Some call adultery nowadays a meaningful relationship. Did you hear that? We have a meaningful relationship. Some excuse greed, which is all over the world nowadays. It's around us. Greed by calling it prudence. We have changed the names. Idolatry is all over the world. It's around us. And may God protect us from it. And some call a life of sensual, sensual pleasure. You know what they call it? Living with gusto. Oh, I wish those people will find the Lord Jesus Christ, then they can live with gusto. Then they will find the true meaning of life. Then they will find peace with Jesus Christ, and then they will find the real God they're looking for. The true church of God is to stay away from all this. Church, let us stay away from all idols, and if there is an idol in your life, I hope not. I hope not. Today, burn it. In answer, you know how presidents, presidents always have press, you know, meetings and so on. And, and uh, one of these uh, press meetings, Abraham Lincoln was there, and he was put on the spot by one of the critics. And he said, Mr. President, how many legs does a cow have? And that's a true story in his book. Excuse me. Abraham Lincoln asked the critic because he got on his nerves. So he looked at the critic and he says, how many legs does a cow have? The, 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 one of the uh, represents said, four, Mr. President. He said, if you uh, call her tail a leg, how many does she have? The answer was five. Then Lincoln said, just calling a tail a leg does not make it a leg. Changing the name of sin does not change sin. It is still an idol. Regardless how we coat it with chocolate, 
with dark chocolate, with milk chocolate, it is still an idol, it is still a sin. Let's not quote sin. Prudence for greed. Oh, come on. I pray that with all my heart that we don't make such a mistake. Let's call sin by, right, by its right name. Okay? Let's call it. You know, John, even when he was writing his, uh, his letter from the island of Patmos, he writes to the churches and he writes to the believers, he says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. And that's my message today. Let's keep ourselves from idols and wait for his coming to take us. The third word, the final word, is we should, as Christians expecting the Lord Jesus Christ, we said first be an example, secondly keep ourselves from idol, and thirdly let's abound in love. That's the cure for humanity. Let us abound in love. You know, the apostle uh, Paul writing to the Thessalonians in what we read, verses 9. He says, For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God. And he continues in chapter 3, verse 8, And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love. What's the word abound? To excel. Excel in love. You know, love is more important than all the spiritual gifts exercised in the church today. Do you know that? The greatest, what the apostle wrote, chapter 13, 1 Corinthians, the greatest is, repeat that, love. The greatest is love. Great, great faith, the acts of dedication that we have, sacrifices that we make, miracle working powers that we see, uh, they produce very little without love. Love makes our actions and gifts and whatever we do useful to our fellow friends. Although people have different gifts, but let me say this, love is always available to everyone. I always speak about love because I cannot, uh, if I speak for throughout my life, I cannot describe the love of God toward us all. We sang this morning, the love of God is greater far. Our society confuses love and lust together. God's kind of love is directed outward, not inward. His love is utterly unselfish. And we have to take that love and show the world what kind of love Jesus has in us. This kind of love goes against our natural inclinations, you know, against our nature. And it is really too easy to practice it if the Lord Jesus Christ is in our heart. And Paul says, may the Lord cause you to be, to increase and abound 
in love. Do we have that love? Do we have that love that is not proud? Do we have that love that loves regardless? Do we have that love that does not criticize? There are some people today in the church, they have appointed themselves critiques. I wish they, their lives would be filled with love so they can love each and every person. And you know what? When you have that love, love what the Bible says, covers a multitude of sin. If we are true Christians waiting for the Lord to come, we must act like an example. We must be true ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ, a real representative of him. And we must stay away from idols, refrain from anything that will Take us away from the Lord. He wants, and he wants to have the preeminence in our lives. Number one is Jesus Christ. Above your children, above your life, above your work, above anything in the world, Jesus comes first. Amen. Thou shalt not have other gods before me. Whatever it is, if your car is not shiny, you can shine it tomorrow, but today, honor God. If you have to do anything, don't do it. If you know that you have to honor God first. And when you honor God first, as true Christians, I will use the verse that I will use, God will honor you, right? Because he said, I will honor those who honor me. And thirdly, and above all, let us abound in love. Church, our church was known since a long time that this is a loving church. Let us continue being a loving church. Let us show the world the love of Christ in each and every step of the way. And let the world know that we are in love with our Jesus and we want the whole world to be in love with him. Let's take these three things. There are so many other things that we need to, to show the world that we have. But these are, I believe, important points. One, to be examples. Two, stay away from idols. Thirdly, overflow with love. Excel in love, abound in love. And may the Lord bless you and be with you. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we are thankful to have the freedom and the liberty to proclaim your principles in the church today. And may what we have shared together be in our lives, each and every person. Help us not to leave the place and forget what we heard, but let these simple words take hold of our hearts. Make us men and women after your own heart. Bless each and every family present here and those who are on vacation, those who couldn't make it this afternoon, we pray that you be with them and bless them and bring them back to us safely. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
The meeting is over. May God bless you and be with you. And thank you for giving me the opportunity and listening to me.